Hey guys, it's Devin. We are talking about Epiphany this week, and we just want to let you know that it is partially about COVID-19, and we go into some heavy stuff in this one. So if you're not in the mood for that kind of thing right now, I suggest maybe listening to this later. It definitely is a little little rough. So I uh, hope you enjoy, and love to all of you. Hello! Welcome to Tay2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Endgame from Reputation. Wanna be your Endgame? I wanna be your first string. Was that good? (laughs) That was an interesting emphasis on that. Today we are discussing the song Epiphany from Folklore, which is a little different sound than Endgame. Very different. Just a, just a smidge. Yep. A little bit different of a song. Epiphany is the 13th track on Folklore. Folklore was released on July 24th, 2020, and this song was co-written by Aaron Dessner. Our guy. As was most of the songs on Folklore. Yeah. Him and Jack. Him and Jack. Epiphany has not been played live yet, but it is part of the Long Pond Studios documentary that Taylor released, and it is really interesting to see that version of it and watch her sing it. It's a very emotional performance. Definitely. Yeah. Which makes sense. For sure. You know, I mean, at that point, too, Folklore was this quarantine album and it was their first time all meeting after collaborating and playing this music live together Mm -hmm. but they had to quarantine to do it like things were there was still not an end in sight there wasn't a vaccine out yet when it came out yeah so i think singing the song even to me still listening to it it feels heavy oh for sure yeah i think that out of every song on this album this one is the most prescient and like yes quarantine song of this album yes it's the song that's really written about this time now yeah Yeah. so what do you think about epiphany it was really interesting to listen to this for the first time on this album because when we first got it like if we go back to july 24th 2020 Mm -hmm. we had a no idea that she was releasing it really yeah it was all surprise (laughs) at all and yeah we learned 24 hours before yeah yeah and b had no idea if these songs were autobiographical had no idea if these songs were stories who they were about what she was writing about because so many of her previous albums it's all music that she writes about her experiences yes but we did get the note from her that she was writing my imagination ran wild yeah right but obviously on this album since we've had time to dissect it and time to really listen and stuff some of the songs are about her and some of the songs are about people that she knows and about experiences she's had yeah for sure and so this one was interesting because we didn't really know what it was about like where why she wrote this one so when we got to it on that first listen through it was very like what is this song Mm -hmm. and she had said you know that was an alternative style and so like this one was like really out of left field like very different so different from even the rest of the songs on the album yeah for sure it was very confusing first time listening through Mm. i had no idea what she wanted to do with it and meant by it and it wasn't a bop and it wasn't a sad bop and it was like what what Mm -hmm. you know and so it was it 
took a lot of listening to, to really understand it. Yeah, yeah. And, and even though it's such a short song. Yeah. Obviously, since the release, she's, and you'll go into this in Castle Gab, of why she wrote it and what she wrote it about and what it is, but the lyric is just so tragic, but it's sung so angelically and so beautifully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's like this ode or tribute to these heroes of all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. The specific lyrics point to a veteran and to a doctor, mm-hmm. but it's also for all of the different heroes yeah. that do different things throughout the day and mm-hmm. see horrible things on every given day yeah. and try to come to terms with what's happened yeah. to them. And so that line, just a simple glimpse of relief to make sense of what you've seen, yeah. is the whole point of the song. Yes. Like, that's the epiphany. Yeah. So the two verses are these really tragic, horrible images Mm -hmm. of heroes doing what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And then the chorus is this uh, angelic... Um, the the harmonies in in the second time she goes through it, I mean, it's just so beautiful. Watch you breathing out, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm oh my god, it's just so beautiful and so tragic. Yeah, this is the one that like I don't seek out. Like mm-hmm. I don't listen to this for casual listening. Mm-hmm. You know, if it comes on the shuffle, like of course I listen to it, mm-hmm. but I'm not like boy, I really want to listen to Epiphany today. Yeah, that's like dark mood. And it's like dark mood. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's beautiful, though. Yeah. Yeah, how about you? So I agree, especially, like, with the first time when we heard it. It's such a different sound for Taylor, but even in the context of Folklore's different sound, it's different than a lot of other songs on Folklore Mm -hmm. as well. Hearing Folklore for the first time, you know, kind of the one eases us into it. Cardigan, we had, like, seen the music video, so we got what she was kind of trying to say. Last Great American Dynasty is very Taylor still. So I think it's just very much, like, eases us into this different indie alternative album and then she really takes some risks on certain songs or like Mm -hmm. tries out different things on certain songs that she was definitely interested in trying out and i think then when they go into evermore that was just her creativity being like let's push it even further Mm -hmm. let's try even more yeah and it's interesting because the song really only has like two verses Mm -hmm. and it just repeats the chorus and there's a lot of instrumental it really packs an emotional punch just in those two verses Mm -hmm. you know i definitely think folklore was exactly the album that we all needed in 2020 especially in that moment in july where like things were still really tough we'd Mm -hmm. been through some really hard stuff and it was still really hard and we all were isolated and we needed something to hold on to and so i think folklore it was so important and i think that's also part of why it won album of the year at the grammys because there's no other album that i think encapsulates 2020 better Mm. and i think this album will always making me think of this time in our lives that time in our lives it's weird to talk about in past tense because it doesn't feel that long ago but we're coming it's up on a year though but that's still not a lot yeah it's also a weird year in the grand scheme of also still being you know in quarantine for most of that year since yeah. folklore and there are listeners of ours who are not through it yet I know. In other and countries. In other countries, yeah. You know? Still not over in the U.S. No. either. It's just um, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccination and stuff. I think that I, like you, also won't revisit Epiphany too often because I think still it's too sad and too real. I mean, it's like, it's a very sad song, even though it sounds beautiful. Just the, the lyrics and also the way it's sung, it really hits you. So I don't seek the song out a lot, but it's not because I don't like it. Yeah. I think it's a beautifully written song, 
And I find the music very peaceful and like kind of mournful in a sense. Yeah, it's very um, a requiem. Oh, interesting. Mm, that's the word I was looking for. Mm. I was thinking like an ode or like a tribute or something. Yeah, requiem. A requiem. And it's, it's short, but you're right. It packs a punch and it sounds and it does exactly what it was written to do. Yeah. Well, what's actually interesting about Epiphany, because I also like was like, yeah, this song's so short. Wow. It actually is a four-minute song. It's not one of her shorter songs. There aren't that many lyrics, mm-hmm. so it ends sooner, yeah. if that makes sense. And there's a lot of instrumental at the end as yes. well after she finishes singing. Yeah, which is not typical for Taylor yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's very different one of her songs, but I do think it's beautiful. I just mm-hmm. think that, obviously, it's still really fresh. Yeah. And, I mean, she sounds absolutely incredible and angelic on it. Again, those those harmonies in that sort of call and response sort of portion at the end is yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah. And haunting. So, I mean, we kind of have already answered this, but... Devin, do you relate to this song? <laughs> you know how they say, like, songs of the summer and yeah. stuff, and, like, you know, how Cruel Summer should have been the song of the summer? 2019. When, yes. uh, when Lover came out. This is just, like, 2020. This yeah. is the song of 2020 for yeah. me. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, COVID, all of the racial injustice here in the United States mm-hmm. and around the world, the attack on the Capitol uh, here in the United States, all of the natural disasters, there were floods and tornadoes and hurricanes and, like, yeah, literally, there were, yeah. Literally this year just messed everybody up. All of the relationships that have been lost. All of, like, the, I mean, it's just wild. Yeah, a lot of devastation. I mean, just, I think that COVID was the impetus and then everything around it, it, it just caused everything to. It heightened everything oh, else, especially because we were all just stuck home. Yeah. Yeah. And th- the whole year was trying to make sense of what we had seen. Yeah. Like, and that, just that line is, and spoiler, that's my favorite line, <laughs> but <laughs> making sense of why 2020 did this to us. Yeah, like, I mean, like why yeah. did, why did humanity need, like, was it? a check on humanity was it nature and the world trying to give us a sign of like hey like figure your you know your stuff out Mm -hmm. or like stuff like this is just going to keep happening what i'm worried about though is that if it was some kind of a check or a sign it didn't work it didn't work (laughs) you know that's what i'm worried about just didn't work i mean maybe in some countries but like the with the way we approached it in the u.s it wasn't like we were all united to join together against COVID and against everyone, all these people dying, this tragedy all around us. Because it seemed like a pretty common enemy. Definitely. It affected all of us. There's no one who 2020 didn't change their life in some way. What about you, Gab? Same. Obviously, this past year, year and a half has been filled with a lot of harrowing things you can't speak about. Like, a lot. (laughs) I think most of what we all saw or knew what was going on was either second or third hand, like, from the news, you know? We weren't in the hospitals, which is kind of the perspective Taylor takes in this song. But I remember the early months of the pandemic and how scary it was for us to be in Queens, which was one of the early epicenters for COVID, right, in New York, in a pretty densely populated area, and, like, living near a hospital and the sirens were, like, nonstop through, like, April. How scary it was, like, walking outside, going to the grocery store when we, like, knew so little. We weren't wearing masks yet. Like, it was definitely felt like a war. Felt like wartime. As little as we know about that, it was scary. And we felt unsafe, like, leaving our house. And I think Taylor 
comparing the experience of soldiers, specifically her grandfather, which I'll talk about more in Gossip Gab, to the frontline workers and what they were experiencing. Like, we all went through so much, we can't even imagine what they went through and the things they saw. And I mean, that line just really stays with me, the some things you just can't speak about. And it's true. Like, there was so much from this past year, plus more, that you just you can't speak about like it's still just even heavy i can feel it in this conversation now mm-hmm. it still is heavy and affects us yeah obviously still affects us like our lives are completely different we both have changed careers we don't live in the same place like there's a lot of new stuff yeah in our lives yeah so this song is is it's very real almost too much so. yeah it's a toughie yeah now we get to the segment of gossip An epiphany is a sudden realization or insight. In this song, Taylor compares healthcare workers during the COVID-19 pandemic and World War II soldiers trying to make sense of their harrowing work. So both of those sets of people are trying to get insight or realize something about what's going on. Why does it, why is this happening? So they're searching for that epiphany through all this tragedy. The song was inspired in part by, as I mentioned, current events and COVID-19 and Taylor's grandfather, Archie Dean Swift, who fought in the Battle of Guadalcanal during World War II. The military campaign took place between August 1942 and February 1943 And it was on and around the beaches of the island of Guadalcanal, which is one of the main Pacific Solomon Islands. And in the song, Taylor parallels the pressure and exhaustion both sets of workers and heroes endure as they help patients and serve their country while really going through trauma and witnessing death all Mm. around them. And the epiphany is them trying to make sense of what they are witnessing. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't even imagine witnessing that much death and that much trauma. Like, it must be so hard. And, like, I just have to say, if we have any healthcare frontline workers, anyone working in a hospital during this time, and any veterans who listen to this podcast, like, I just want to acknowledge there will be no way for us to ever fully understand your experience. But, like, thank you for your work. And also, like, I hope you have a support system or therapy or someone you can turn to to help through some of these really tragic things that you've experienced. Because I know people who were working in hospitals and in healthcare, but none of them were on the COVID wards. And they were all scared by being in the hospitals and the fact that, you know, the hospitals were such intense places at that during this time. But I don't know anyone who directly was working with COVID patients. Um, I do know people in healthcare, though, who were scared to come home to their families and would stay in hotel rooms or, like, in the basement of their family home. Yeah. Or, like, get home, strip down, get right in the shower before they interact with their family. She's spot on and right when she's comparing these experiences and this tragic scenes, I'm sure. Yeah. An Easter egg for Epiphany can be found in the Cardigan music video. There's a framed photo of her grandfather, Dean, in the cabin above the piano in the beginning of Cardigan. Oh. So that's a little way of Taylor being like, one of these songs about my grandfather, which is how people figured it out. About the song, Aaron Dessner told Vulture, for Epiphany, she had this idea of a beautiful drone or a very cinematic sort of widescreen song where it's not a lot of accents, but more like a sea to bathe in, Mm. a stillness in a sense. I first made this crazy drone, which starts the song, 
and it's there the whole time. It's lots of different instruments played and then slowed down and reversed. Mm. It created this giant stack of harmony, which is so giant that it was kind of hard to manage sonically, but it was very beautiful to get lost in. And then I played the piano to it, and it felt almost classical or something, those suspended chords. Mm. And it's just so interesting, this quote, because there's so much big picture music terminology and also just sound terminology Mm. that I really don't understand in that quote. (laughs) And it just shows his brain and the way he describes things and also the way that he and Taylor were able to collaborate and work. For her to say, like, she wants a cinematic sort of widescreen song and for him to understand and deliver that where she likes it. Like, I would never understand what that means. (laughs) A widescreen song. Yeah, well, something like John Williams. Like, those giant score, like... Sweeping. Sweeping. Like, Saving Private Ryan. Mm, I see. You know, when you're watching something, it's just can kind of take your breath away, you know? Yeah. And, like, uh, that drone, which is just, like, a constant sound. Mm -hmm. And then it's so crazy that he reversed the instruments isn't that so insane and slowing them down that that's really interesting it's so weird i never would have guessed that or known it do you know what he means by giant stack of harmony yeah so (laughs) when you so it kind of like feels like it's all on top of each other Mm. so in the sense of when you are writing music chords are on top of each other it's like notes each on top of each other that make that make the chord Mm -hmm. and then when you are uh, orchestrating for anything it's also a stack so when you look at sheet music you'll see that the voicings of everything are kind of the, the sheet music is stacked and yeah. you have like the voices at the top and then you have the instruments going down starting from highest voiced to the lowest. Uh-huh. When you want to try and visualize chords, mm-hmm. if you will, you always think of them as a stack. Or at least oh, I do. interesting. You know, and mm-hmm. so when he has multiple instruments that are making all these different sounds on top of each other, and that's a lot of different notes and a lot of different timbres, mm-hmm. it can be really hard to make them all sound good. Yeah, because it's so yeah, many sounds. It's just like a lot of stuff. He probably had his hands full and took a while to figure out exactly how to make it sound really good. That's so interesting. And I think something we look, I think something we overlook in folklore and evermore, because we just hear it and we like it, is like how complex the music is. Oh, for sure. I, I think, mean, I mean, we know that, but it's. Yeah. Really complex. Yeah. I mean, when we when we talked about Betty, when we talked about August, mm. when we talked about Cardigan, like the production of the songs, it's really wild. It's And it's just so different for yeah. Taylor, but it's so good. Yeah. What we saw from the Long Pond Studio session is that both Aaron and Jack are wildly talented musicians. Yes. As well as producers. Yeah. And they speak this like heightened musical language well they're both savants yeah and taylor's on the same wavelength with them it's really fascinating literally and figuratively on the same wavelength (laughs) i like that (laughs) aaron also told vulture in the same interview about the collaboration with taylor I think she just heard it and instantly this song came to her, which is really an important one. It's partially the story of her grandfather, who was a soldier, and partially then a story about a nurse in modern times. I don't know if this is how she did it, but to me, it's like a nurse, doctor, medical professional, where med school doesn't fully prepare you for seeing someone pass away or just the difficult emotional things that you'll encounter in your job. 
In the past, heroes were just soldiers. Now they're also medical professionals. To me, that's the underlying mission of this song. There are some things you see that are hard to talk about. You can't talk about it. You just bear witness to them. But there's something else incredibly soothing and comforting about the song. To me, it's this Icelandic kind of feel, almost classical. My brother did beautiful orchestrations on it. Hmm. Which is cool. I didn't know his brother worked on the orchestrations of the song. It's like... Like Celtic, Icelandic, like yeah, yeah, it ethereal, feels ethereal, which yeah. I guess Icelandic music kind of is. Someone compared her to Enya, one of the mm-hmm. critics. Like I feel like this could be a song like entering Valhalla. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like Norse mythology. Yeah, without lyrics. Yeah, without lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It's... I, oh, but I guess Valhalla would be more like triumphant. Like you finally died gloriously in battle and now you get to drink and Maybe, fight for the rest of your the life person, in Valhalla. You know? I don't know enough about Norse mythology. Mm. Everyone. All I read was American Gods by Neil Gaiman. I know nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Valhalla is basically just like this place where souls uh, who, you know, were lost in glorious battle or whatever went and then they just drank and fought and made love So constantly. it wasn't like a peaceful place. No, no, no. Mm. It was definitely like raucous. Yeah, I think Epiphany wouldn't Thor be would their right songs because it's definitely no. more peaceful laying to rest yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's also like this art, this interview is interesting too because he, Aaron's not sure how much he can give away and how much not. Right. Instead of just being like talking about medical professionals, but it's also like, yeah, we're going through a crazy pandemic and that's what this song is about. Like, yeah. Hold your hands through plastic now. Yeah. Yeah. Something med school did not cover. I mean, you know? Right. The last major global pandemic was in 1918. You know, there have been other, you know, Ebola and other smaller pandemics, but the last major one was so long ago. I'm sure med school teaches about the pandemics, but the novel coronavirus, the whole point is it's novel. It was brand new. Yeah. It's very much about this time. For sure. Yeah. Taylor told Vogue about the song. Dean, her grandfather, never talked about the war, not with his sons, not with his wife. Nobody got to hear about what happened there. So I tried to imagine what would happen in order to make you never be able to speak about something. I realized that there are people right now taking a 20-minute break between shifts at a hospital who are having this trauma happen to them, and they will probably never want to speak about it. I just thought this is an opportunity to maybe tell those stories. Mm -hmm. I just think that's like... Really, really beautiful. And yeah, like that whole generation, that World War II generation never talked about the war when they came home. One thing interesting that I wanted to bring up that I like listened to in the song, and I don't think is about Taylor, but made me think about Taylor once I really started listening to the lyrics, Mm -hmm. was in the verse about the pandemic, something med school did not cover, someone's mother, someone's daughter. Mm. And choosing mother and daughter and us knowing, at least the last we had heard in the Miss Americana documentary, that... Andrea was sick and yeah. still battling cancer. Yeah. And how hard that was for Taylor that we know from Soon You'll Get Better is what were her cancer treatments like during this time? If she had any. We don't know. Hopefully she's in better health. We're not fully aware of any of those details. But did she have treatments? Could Taylor be with her during this time? What state was Taylor in? Was she able to see her mom? Yeah. Like just n- not knowing any of those details. And I know there were a lot of people who were going through regular medical tragedies during this time, not even COVID, who had to go through certain things like chemo by themselves. Yeah. By her purposefully choosing daughter and mother, I just always thought about her and Andrea. And just especially the line hold your hand through plastic now. I just picture Taylor sitting there with her mother and but like being divided by plastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's heavy. It's definitely it's definitely heavy. (laughs) Yeah. So Devin, what's your favorite line in Epiphany? My favorite line is just one single glimpse of relief to make some sense of what you've seen. Yeah. There aren't 
too many lines to pick from the song. As you said, it's it, there isn't too much lyric, mm-hmm. but the lyric packs a punch, even even so. And this line is, you know, I mean, it, it's just what this whole time has been yeah. is trying to figure out why. I've thought a lot about like why, why this happened and how it happened, and so we will probably never know. Yeah. And all I know is that, like, I hope we all learned something from this experience. Yeah. So that something like this doesn't happen like this again. Yeah, I agree. What about you? What's your favorite line? So my favorite line is, um, I kind of already talked about a little bit, some things you just can't speak about. Mm -hmm. And I think Taylor actually said it best for me in Gossip of Gab. And there are just certain things that are... You can't speak about. And I think even a lot of the details of this and a lot of the darker days during this time are very hard still to speak about. And there'll be some things that, like, I think we'll never really be able to go back in. Some really sad, sad times. Yeah. And sad moments. And just a really sad chapter in the world history. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And so I think that that... um, Yeah. That line really covers it. A lot of mourning. Yeah. So, Devin, from one to ten things you just can't speak about... What do you rate Epiphany? One ten things I just can't speak about. I'm going to give it seven. And I think the reason why is because, as this conversation has pointed out, like, it, it's definitely still very real. Yeah. And still, I guess that we're going to have to, I, I, we can maybe record a little disclaimer for the beginning of the episode and just be like, hey, this one's deep. <laughs> yeah, it feels almost too soon, but we're yeah, at E now. But we're at E and we you had know? to. It's almost as if we wish we could have talked about this song two years post-pandemic, like when we're really out of it, which yeah. we're not quite yet. And, and maybe maybe we can we can return to it. Yeah. You know, and at we some can listen point. listen to it more. Yeah. And be a little bit more removed from it so i'll I'll give it seven it's beautiful it tells a very vivid story yeah and talked about how concise taylor is with her lyrics Mm -hmm. and this points to that it hits yeah on a scale of one to ten things you just can't speak about what would you give this song I also would give this song a seven. Yeah, I think that, like, this is something we need to revisit when we have more space. Because, like, though I don't listen to it that much, it's not that I don't like it. Like, I do Mm -hmm. think it's a beautiful song. I think it's well written. And the fact that it affects me means it's well written. Oh, for sure. Like, if it it didn't affect me, it'd be like, whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, so I think that's kind of, that's where I stand. Yeah. Keep listening along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Podcast. Let us know your thoughts about this song. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah. Um, if you're if you are a healthcare worker, we're here for you. Yeah. Just just let us know, and you know, maybe if you can listen to this song and it, it's a vibe and it doesn't affect you, like I'd be interested to hear about that too. Yeah. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this right now. And if you have a moment, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Well, next episode, we're going to be covering Evermore from Evermore. Nice. One of my faves. So good. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.